بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان عده الشهور عند الله 12 شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والارض منها اربعه حرم ذلك الدين القيم فلا تظلموا فيهن انفسكم وقاتلوا المشركين كافه كما يقاتلونكم كافه واعلموا ان الله مع المتقين صدق الله العظيم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم So obviously this talk is going to be about Muharram, Ashura, certain misconceptions regarding this day, the fadail behind this day, etc. These things, but also us Muslims practically, how should we spend this month and how should we spend this entire upcoming year? Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a chance and gave us life this long enough to see the upcoming year, another new Hijri year. The first and foremost, we look at it, we have a lunar calendar. Versus people, the Western society, they follow a Gregorian calendar Based upon the shams, based upon the sun We follow our calendar based upon the moon right? And one of the things also, when you look at Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam How the Sahaba described Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam They never described him as a seer, they never described him with the shams They never described him, he was like a sun When they described his face that when his face, when they would see it, it would be shimmering and glimmering and shining like how the moon shines on uh, the 5th, 13th, 14th, and 15th nights. Basically like how a full moon shines. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because the moon is something which a person can look at. They can gaze at his beauty, wonder, all of that. Sun, person doesn't gaze at it and uh, it, it hurts them if they were to gaze at it for a long, prolonged period of time. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for our ummah specifically also this to the whole system of following the lunar calendar. Now, one thing that is very important, we have, when our Gregorian calendar, whenever the new year comes, what do we do? Oh yeah, one thing I have to mention, sorry. <laughs> I, that flyer says my, says my name is a mufti. I'm not a mufti, because I don't want anyone to call me mufti sahab or anything after I come. I'm just, I just studied here and there. I'm not a mufti. I just want to make sure that's clear. The, so as far as uh, mark our calendars, when we get a new calendar, when the new year comes, we buy a new calendar. So what do we do? What do, what do the children do? They look at the calendar, few things they do. They look first and foremost, when is their birthday, right? And they'll put in Sharpie, huge mark, the day that they're born. So they know which day it is, and they're anticipating that day. And then on top of that, when they have the school, uh, they figure out what their school calendar is, they'll put on the calendar, this is winter break, this is summer break, because they're anticipating those days. They know it's hyped up for them. Already the Gregorian calendar has certain days that are considered to be holidays, so people already look forward to that. But we have to create that environment for our children that they look forward to the Islamic dates. They need to look forward to the Islamic dates. Our Gregorian calendar already has that. They have the importance of inculcation of, for example, like celebrating their birthday, etc., these different things. But how many of us would actually take in from our calendar, whichever calendar we have, and we try to estimate, for example, one, two, three days. We know generally the estimation of when Eid is, or you know, Eid al-Adha, these different Islamic uh, uh, important days. How many of us mark that calendar for our children? 
when we ourselves, our children, see that we're marking that date specifically for our children, then what happens? Then they're going to come. They're going to say, Abu or Ami. They're going to ask, oh, why did you mark this date? What's so special about this date? Right? We have to create that environment. Right? And, and also, for instance, for us, just as some side masail, that a person, when he has qada salahs to make up, we're supposed to look at the lunar calendar, not the Gregorian calendar. Our date of birth, everyone knows when they're born. Right? I know my date of birth, okay, Gregorian calendar. If you were to ask me, lunar calendar when I was born, it's really hard to trace it back. So we should, for our own children, make inculcate the lunar calendar within our children's lives. Make sure we know what day they're born according to the lunar calendar. Gregorian calendar, everyone knows. But the lunar calendar, that's very important. We want to create that importance in our deen. Right? This is slowly, slowly, if we don't create that importance and value in our children for the life of, uh, in their lives regarding about our deen, about our Islamic teachings, then slowly, slowly, deen is going to be shaved away from our own children. Right? As living in America, we're not going to even, our children aren't going to be followed the sunnah, let alone the faraid. So always inculcate that type of uh, mentality within our children. And you look at it, Allah subhanahu wa nidham, His system. In the entire world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just didn't make everything equal. Allah subhanahu mentioned that we gave virtue to some prophets over other prophets. If you look at the entire universe now, you have all the different galaxies, all the clusters. Allah subhanahu chose our cluster specifically. And amongst our cluster, He chose our Milky Way galaxy. Uh, amongst the Milky Way galaxy, inside the Milky Way galaxy, He chose our solar system. Uh, in our solar system, He chose our earth to put life on that earth. So it has virtue over any other else. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has different fadail for it gives surplus of virtue to different things. And you look on the earth now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created humans. He created animals. Now out of all the living beings and creatures, He had decided that my message should be sent to humans. And amongst the humans also, there are going to be selected humans that are going to have virtue and value over others. The prophets, the anbiya. They're considered to be the best of humans. You look at, for instance, also cities or places. Makkah Mukarramah by Jamhur of Ulama, that's considered the most beloved of cities and earth's places to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, except for the, uh, the plot of land which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is buried in. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave fadail to Makkah over other places. So this is a system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives certain things virtue over others. And we look at, for example, even temporal things, things which are intangible. The months, Allah subhanahu wa taala in the in the uh, that the, the the months according to Allah subhanahu wa taala are twelve minha arba'atun hurum four are sacred, four months are sacred, and you look at it in our deen actually subhanallah it was very ajib that Allah subhanahu wa taala has always chosen the number four for many things. You look at how many books there was many books and scriptures which were revealed. Some scriptures were revealed to Musa Islam, Adam Islam, Ibrahim Islam. How many books do we have? Four Torah, Injil, Zabur, and Quran. Now you look at the Malaika, billions of Malaika. How many are that are mo most prominent and the most basically have the fadail over all the others? Four Jibreel, Mikail, Israel, and Israfir. You look at all the Madahib in Ardeen, there's actually more Madahib than four. Right? Other people, Zahiriya, Ibn Hazmat, Zahiri, and there's different madahib, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted four Ham, uh, Hanafi, Maliki, Shafi, and Hanbali. You look at in the different turuq and the, the salasil of Tasawwuf and Tazkiyah, there's many different uh, salasil and uh, tariqans. 
But Allah SWT basically accepted four, right? Jisti, Naqshbandi, Suhrwardi, Shadri, and Qadri also is included as part of that. But mainly four. For many things, Allah SWT selected four. And look at the months also, Allah SWT selected four months to be sacred. Four months to be sacred. And now we are in one of those sacred months of Muharram, starting our new year. Now these sacred months, one of the hikams behind it, one of the hikmas behind it, Abu Bakr Jassas rahimahullah wrote in Ahkam al-Quran that why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala select four months? What's the purpose behind these months? He mentioned that if a person, they were to practice, they wanted any good habit, if they inculcate that habit in one of these months, that they want to, you know, stay away from a certain type of sin and abstain from a sin, if they inculcate that habit in this month, inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them the tawfiq and ability to do it throughout the rest of the entire year. Just like Ramadan is like a training ground for us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us three, uh, four months which are considered to be training grounds for us. If anyone, this is a practical point, for us in the months of Ashur al-Hurum, we need to make sure that we change our lives. We're progressing in the not digressing. When COVID happened, people digressed. I, illa mashallah, some people were praying in their house, doing different amal, finishing the Quran, khatam al Quran, etc. They might have been doing that. But majority of us, how many of us can say we were actually, actually punctual in our salah? We increase our amal, increase our dhikr, increase our tilawah, whatever it may be. How many of us can actually look in our own selves and say that we increase ourselves? Majority of us, we digress in our deen. That we didn't progress. So in these months, do, make it a habit. Find out one thing that you need to improve on. Maybe you want to inc uh, in, you know, inculcate a new sunnah in your life. So do that this month. Inculcate a new sunnah in your life. Maybe there's a bad habit you have. Maybe you're involved in a sin. Try to take that sin out from this month. In this month. Abstain from that sin. A person has that tawfiq that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given the ability throughout the entire year to abstain from that sin and to follow that sunnah. Now also another point being here, Qatada uh, rahimullah mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted us sacred months. So meaning that basically the deeds are multiplied in these months. But at the same time it goes vice versa. That a person if they were to commit a sin in one of these months, that is basically multiplied. Just as how a person in Makkah Mukarramah, right? Ulama mentioned and some Sahaba mentioned that if a person were to even intend, have azam, being stout-hearted on committing a sin, Allah SWT take that person to task. In somewhere else, he won't do it because Makkah Mukarramah is a blessed, sacred, uh, exonerated place. So a person needs to be very careful also at the same time, just as we are in these months, it's very important and crucial for us that we abstain from sins in these months also. Otherwise, it's multiplied. Right? But at the same time, person doing good deeds in these sins, uh, in these in these months, it is also multiplied. Also, now you look at Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. How many chances He gives in our lives? You look when a person is born. We all Allah Subhanahu wa Taala made it such that your start should be good and your finish should be good also. When a person is born, when a child is born, the mother and father might have already decided what they want to name their child. But when the child is born, what is the first thing the child hears? The father nor the mother, they do not whisper the name of the child in the ear. What is the first thing the child coming in this dunya, his existing existence being born in this dunya, what does he hear? Here's the adhan and the iqama. So the first step you take in this dunya, you start off on a good start. When a person dies, yeah, they're supposed to recite the kalima, but supposing if the person didn't have the tawfiq to do that, what do the Muslims do? 
We pray Salat al Janazah. So the starting is good, and the khatam, the seal, the basically the end and the finish is also good. You look at how Allah SWT made sure we started our day. What do we start our day with? We started with praying Fajr, Fajr Salah, first thing in the morning. Now he could have made all the salahs in one period, in three hours, in the course of six or nine hours. But he, Allah SWT dispersed it. What is the thing we do before going to sleep, ideally? Pray Isha Salah. So you start your day off with something good, and you end it off with something good also. Now when you look at the, our Islamic year, how Allah SWT made it, what, year, what month do we conclude with? It's one of the sacred months. Dhul-Hijjah. And on top of that, what action do we you know, conclude with? Basically, you're going, off, you're going out with a bang. Right? You, you perform hajj. That is one of the actions. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ulama mentioned, hajj is one of those actions that can do kafara and expiate a person's major sins also. All other amal, they only expiate, they do kafara of a person's minor sin, sagayin. But hajj, ulama have mentioned, although some ulama might differ, but majority have mentioned that this is, hajj is such an action because you are putting your body through extraneous effort. You're spending your wealth, you're leaving your home, you're leaving your family, right? A person that's trying to, is, is in that heat, making dua, properly following all the sunnahs in hajj, how Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi performed it. Person performs that, then there's there's hope and omi that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala forgives even his major sins. So person is concluding the year off with that, with one of the sacred months and one of the greatest actions in our deen. But at the same time, also you look at a person maybe they're not able to perform Hajj. So you have what you have the day of Arafah. Person is able to fast the day of Arafah, and what is the reward of fasting that day? Person's previous years, the sins of a person, the previous years, they are forgiven. And the sins of the future year are forgiven also. Now, a person, if they're so lazy, they're so ghafil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't even fast that day. How do we start off our new year? We started also with one of the sacred months, Muharram. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I'll give you another chance. If you didn't fast Arafah, you fast the 10th, it'll come in the Fadil I'll mention, as far as fasting the day of Ashura. Inshallah, a person's previous years of sins will be forgiven, Sahayat, of course. So, a person, they missed. You have a win-win opportunity. And you end your year off by making sure that your sins are forgiven, sagair, and you want to start off your new year like that also. So Allah SWT is always giving us fresh starts. Right? Now for us, we have to take advantage of it. So how should a person spend Muharram and just in the new year in general, right? You look at subhanAllah how the kuffar spend their new year. Right? Everyone gathers in New York City, Times Square. The big ball comes, it's like going get down slowly, it, you know, it crashes, it blows up, whatever, and then uh, everyone, you know, they're, they're hugging each other, they're kissing each other, they're taking out wine, alcohol, whatever it is, that's how they celebrate. How does Allah SWT want us to celebrate our new year? By fasting. Right? This is the month actually where it's most beloved to Allah SWT, after the months of Ramadan to fast in this month. Allah SWT wants us to celebrate this way. Fasting is one way to express a person's gratitude and uh, express their sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right? And specifically now this month right? A person We don't know Previously When I was an imam in Tampa And I remember giving a talk on Muharram normally every year When we start a new year No one, I can probably say no one in the world Had even imagined or fathomed That something so small can shut down the entire world That was going to happen that year 
Right? We see what happened to COVID, with, with COVID. Something so small, minuscule, trifle, you can't see with our, own, uh, with our bare eyes. But it shut down the entire world. And not just for dunya, our deen also. The madaris of ilm were shut. Okay? The zawiyas, the khanqas, were tasawwuf, the work of tasawwuf and tazkiyah was shut down. The marakis of deen, the marakis were the work of tabliq and jamaat take place. They were closed. No one imagined that. Those are the places, those are the main fundamental works of deen, and those are the places that attract the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That those Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even closed down. No one had fathomed that. That's why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Hasten to good deeds before seven things and before different calamities can come. No one imagined that was going to come. No one imagined that was going to come. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a new year. Obviously, we need to have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but at the end of the day, we don't know what this new year can bring. We don't know if Allah SWT can make things more worse. Right? It's already mentioned in a hadith that Nabi Sallallahu mentioned that, uh, that there's going to be fitans, there's going to be different tri- uh, huge tribulations and trials that are going to come about. Like how a dark night proceeds. Like a night, just the, the night you see, it doesn't, ajanak, it just doesn't come suddenly. What happens? Gradually, it starts getting darker, 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 and it's like pitch black. That's how the fitnas are going to come. The Prophet gave a prime, perfect example, the of that. That's how the fitnas are going to come. They're not going to just come, it's going to be dark all of a sudden. Gradually, it's going to come. It's going to be darker and darker. It's going to be hard for a person to practice on their deen and implement their deen. So, the opportunity Allah subhanahu gave us for basically keeping us alive for this new year is something that we need to make sugar for, and on top of that, take advantage of it. Take advantage. You never know what's going to happen. No one knows that they're going to die in this year. No one knows whether they will move or anything. I never fathomed I was going to come here. Okay, last year I never thought I was going to come here. And then it happened a ch- like suddenly and within three weeks and I came. But I never imagined. And I made sure that, subhanAllah, in those three weeks, alhamdulillah, I made sure I left an impression in the city, on Tampa, as a scholar. Right? Because you want to leave a good impression wherever you go. That every person is a story for the people after them. So be a good story that people can retain. Right? Every one of us is going to die. We're going to leave an impression upon people, the society, community, whoever it is. Leave a good impression. So it's very important that we take heed of properly utilizing our time in this month and in this entire year because we don't know what different fitness can come about. And teach this to our own children also. Right, to, that they start utilizing their time properly. Right, it's something that obviously children they have different needs. They they want to play, etc. All of that. Allocate different times for them. Right, but schedulize it in such that they have the, they that they're also learning deen at the same time. Right now, people are stuck in their houses. They want to come to the. Uh, I don't know how the massages are all of, in all of Chicago, but Alhamdulillah Salam is open. Right, if a person has the opportunity to come to the masjid, then come take benefit from that. This is a place where a person works on their iman, their ruhaniyat, their spirituality, whatever it may be. At, and at the end of the day, in our houses, none of us can, we can really say our houses are a place of ruhaniyat and spirituality. How many of us recite ba- Surah Baqarah uh, like at least once a week in our house? The entire Surah Baqarah. I'm not talking about the last two ayahs. Right? There are houses in India and Pakistan that the, if you enter the house, our scholars, our teachers, Mashaikh will mention, you would feel a complete different change. And they found out that the woman in the household will actually be reciting Surah Baqarah daily. Right? So we don't have that type of household environment. So we need to recharge our iman, our ruhaniyat, our spirituality, all of that by coming to the masjid. Now going into uh, Muharram, specifically this month now, 
this month is called Muharram because why uh, this was considered some uh, it was considered at the time of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam too it was haram to fight in this month it was haram to fight in this month so the mushrikeen and uh, the basically people of jahiliyyah what they had a habit of what they would do they would do taqdim and ta'khir meaning whenever they wanted a fight because they still uh, exonerated these months so whenever they wanted a fight and if muharram was coming they would switch it with sifr they'll switch the months around okay so that way that they're able to fight in the month which is not sacred and then then, then they, when they're done fighting then they would say okay muharram has come in so they would change these months just according to their own whims fancies and desires so that was a practice of jahiliyyah where allah subhanahu nabi sallallahu alaihi that's why if you read in in hajjatul wida his final khutbah farewell khutbah he mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had returned the schedule, basically the time as how he initially created the heavens and the earth. Meaning that time as far as the sacred months and Dhul Hijjah and Muharram, all of that returned to how it was originally, not how the mushrikeen had portrayed it and how they kept changing, changing it around. And being this point, right, people, we look at, we might look at the, them historically, we might laugh at them, that they had such strange behaviors in their culture but at the same time we don't realize it we have also strange behaviors in our culture we, we think as part of it to be of our deen right it's necessary to sift that out don't get confused with culture and our deen we have a lot of culture which has been inculcated within our deen which doesn't exist you know at all and all of that needs to be sifted out properly right sometimes we become so staunch on our culture We've, basically how the mushrikeen, they would, they would say that we found our forefathers doing it. That's the same thing we say. We found our parents, our grandparents, etc. They, they were also used to do this. Whereas that wasn't part of deen. That was just part of culture. Right? Something we need to understand to actually inculcate what is truly deen. In all aspects of our life. Not just culture. Now, the fadail behind this month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called this month, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called this month shahrullah. The Afdul Suyami Ba'ad Ramadan Shahrullah al Muharram. As mentioned in narration in Hadith, the best of the most virtuous days of fasting after Ramadan is the month of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al Muharram. Now you see this idafa, we call it, this attribution Allah subhanahu wa made, Shahrullah. Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made an attribution to his own name, that shows a certain fadail to it. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Rasulullah, Right, Allah SWT calls Nabi Rasulullah. There's a certain fadila to this. Habibullah, Khalilullah, Kalimullah, Ruhullah. That show that nisbah, that relation, shows a big fadail for it, a big virtue. That you're, it's like this. One of our, one of our mashaykh will give this an example. Okay? You have, for example, a brick that's in the bathroom. Okay? A brick that's used to build a wall in the bathroom. Versus you have a brick that was, for example, used to build a Kaaba. That brick, although it might be made from the same material, but the brick which is in the Kaaba is more virtuous and more, so to say, uh, is a different status compared to just a brick which is in any other wall or in the wall of the bathroom. Right? So that nisma, that relationship, that puts a person over an advantage. Right? Our nisma of being part of this ummah that puts us an advantage over other ummahs, over other uh, ummahs that were uh, that were part of other anbiya, 
right? You look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the Naqatullah, uh, right? The, the camel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The people of Salih wanted to slaughter it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this is the Naqatullah, this is the camel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just a normal camel, it's the camel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be careful what you're going to do with it. So, same here, Shahrullah, this was the only month where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributed the month to his own name also. Showing the fadila, the virtue behind that name also. Now, Muharram itself, all these months have a virtue in, the, in it themselves. Okay? Muharram, we have something which we call Ashura, the, the 10th day, which is tomorrow. Now, this 10th day, historically, at the time of Jahiliyyah also, the Mushrikeen, they used to fast this day also. Not because, as far as Musa a.s. was saved from Firaun on this day by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they just had a habit of fasting the Ashura, the 10th. And Nabi ﷺ had a habit of fasting the 10th also in Makkah Mukarramah, but he never enforced it and never gave the command to his Sahaba to fast this day. Now what happened was, when he came to Medina Munawwara, and he saw that the Yahud were fasting this day, the Jews were fasting this day, he asked the Yahud that, why are you fasting this day? So they said that this is the day where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Musa from Fir'aun. So it was basically what we're trying to do is celebrate and show our gratitude, express our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for saving, Fir, uh, for saving Musa salam from Fir'aun. So Nabi sallallahu said that basically I and we are more, we as Muslims are more rightful to be fasting this day than you all. And we're more closer to Musa salam than you all. So from that time, he gave, he gave the command to all of the Sahaba to actually fast this day. So Muharram was fasting, the 10th of Muharram was Fard. In Madinah Munawwara, it was Fard. When the hukam of Ramadan came, once Ramadan came, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it was abrogated. Meaning this fast became sunnah to do and mustahab and preferred to do. But people were so strict on it in fasting, it comes in the nation of Bukhari, that, that the, the, the families would all bring their own children to the masjid. And the, the children would be fasting. And it comes that if the children started complaining, then they would have like a small rag, uh, you know, like a rag doll that they would give for the, to the child so that they can take their mind off of the, the hunger and fasting. So they were very uh, keen on even encouraging their children to fast, which is something for us also, that encouraging our children to fast also, right? Obviously, as a parent, we want, we want you know, we, we have a lot compassion, gentleness for our children, but also teach them that certain things, try to make an effort. Shouldn't become so weak that we can't even make mujahid our own selves, right? That's part of what's going to come about as far as the misconceptions. We look at the different occurrences which occurred this day. Necessary to see what we, what we ourselves sacrifice for uh, our deen. What are we sacrificing for our deen, right? So encourage our children to fast. If they're not able to fast the entire day, fast, let them fast a half a day, right? And give them, the, give them a reward. No, encourage them. Allah SWT is always telling the there's always fadail mentioned about certain action the person does this they get that reward person does this they get that reward for our children when we encourage them to do good deeds give them a reward whatever it may be right so they, that they know okay this, there's some fadail behind this right don't just think trying to teach our children to have ikhlas and sincerity from a young age it's very hard for a child right you have to incite them encourage them give them fadail reward etc all of it there's nothing wrong with that it's for deen for deeny matters it's, it's uh, 
Al-Isnadu Min Al-Din, one of the books. There was uh, Sheikh Abdul uh, Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghuda, rahimahullah. He mentioned it on the annotation of the book that when a when a scholar had not a scholar but a family they brought their child to Imam Ahmad rahimahullah's dars of hadith. So they brought their child. He was I think around five, six, seven years old. So when he heard the hadith, he brought the child back. He threw a big da'wah for everyone. He invited everyone. He slaughtered a cow. He slaughtered a goat, and basically he threw a big party for everyone. And he said, "Why?" He was so happy because my son heard a hadith from Imam Ahmad rahimahullah, even though he didn't memorize it. But he celebrated an act of deen that his son did. Right? That's what something. Everyone knows. Everyone throws a party graduation. Everyone throws a party at you know person uh, gets a diploma, degree, whatever it is. All of that. How many of us, when our children finish the Qur'an, we make it a big deal, basically? How many of us, when our children fast the entire month of Ramadan, we make it into a big deal? When we make these small acts of deeds, which they do according to our deen, into a big deal, and we you know, throw a party or whatever it may be, then they will remember that the rest of their, the rest of their lives, and they will pass that on to their own you know, children, inshallah. Okay, so this is something which is important also, encouraging our children to uh, fast, etc., these different things. So now uh, Ashura also Now Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He mentioned Also narration, narration Bukhari And different narrations That He said that a person Had I lived the next year I would have fasted The ninth Or basically the tenth Also That Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Specifically mentioned That Sumu qablahu yawman Wa ba'dahu yawman It's a narration Imam Ahmad That fast a day before it And fast a day after Why? So you're opposing the Yahud You're opposing the, the Jews so Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi and you look at it, SubhanAllah, even Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you read Shamayr al-Tirmidhi, how he used to comb his hair, right? He would make a, like, like a line in the middle and then comb it on the right and left. He wanted to oppose the Mushrikeen and the Yahud and the Nasara, the Ahlul Kitab also. He wanted to oppose them. So meaning that this Khalif al-Mushrikeen and al-Yahud basically to oppose the actions of the, the Christians and the Ahlul Kitab because our deen is sacred. Right? Our deen is sacred. Right? Don't incline to them. Right? Don't. A person who resembles a group of people, he is from amongst them. One thing is a person, maybe they're just. One thing is they have a, a, a extreme ardor and love inside their heart to resemble a group of people. That's very dangerous. One thing is, for example, a person might just like they inculcate some of the good habits that maybe good akhlaq that some of the kuffar might have. You know, or different things, some parts of their uh, culture that might be in accordance with our deen. That's different. We're talking about something that a person has a lot of, they just want to be like them. And they want to follow their lifestyle. They find izzah, honor, pleasure in following their lifestyle. That's something that a person should be very prudent and cautious about. Especially one of the lessons, that's one of the lessons from this day uh, and this month also, that a person should always make sure that they're not following the footsteps of the Yahud and Nasara and, and the Mushrikeen, anyone in general, right? We came to America, almost every single one of us came to actually uh, to make a living. I can own, seldomly, I can say, Illa mashallah, few people came for the sake of spreading deen. How many of us can you say that we came for the sake of spreading deen? Right? We're in a land of kuffar basically, and the purpose behind staying here also is to spread deen. Right? Just, uh, that making halal living, all that, that's like tabi, that just comes. Allah SWT grant that to, will grant that to you, inshallah. But our main purpose in maqsad is that we came here to spread deen, not to follow the rituals and customs of the kuffar or any, anyone like that. 
right? The Anbiya, they came what? So that people, they, they were sent to a nation so that people can follow them. Not that they follow their culture. Because there's a lot of things, people have this, this objection that many of the sunnahs that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did, that was based upon the culture. And just because the mushikeen or just the, the Arabs were doing it in, in that Jazirat al-Arab. But a prophet is sent so that people follow him. Not that he is tabi' and follows the people. That's something very important to keep in mind. Same with us. We are here to follow our own deen. Not to follow the customs and habits and, you know, of, of, of Ahlul Kitab or Mushrikeen, etc. All of that. So, regarding about the fasting of this day now, the virtue as mentioned before, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that I have hope so ashura I have hope, basically, Nabi Sallallahu mentioned that a person, if you were to fast this day, Allah SWT expiate the sins of the previous year. Okay? This day specifically Ashura. Now, uh, meaning tomorrow, the 10th. So, there's three levels of basically fasting. Okay? The afdal is that a person fasts the 9th, the 10th, and the 11th. Okay? Because Nabi Sallallahu said, a person should fast a day before or a day after. Okay? So, the most virtuous is a person, the ulama have mentioned, that a person fasts these three days. Okay, the 9th, 10th, and 11th. Second is that they, jo just join, they just join one day to it. For example, they might just join the 9th to the 10th, or that they might fast the 10th and the 11th. That's the second stage. And the last stage is that a person just fasts fast the, the 10th itself. Okay? As far as the hikmah behind it, as far as joining the fast, one thing also is, is preferred that a person generally, they don't fast like a certain day by themselves, uh, a certain day by itself is preferred that a person might join the fast. For example, like they're fasting Saturday, it's good that they join it with another day in general. Right? That's one of the reasons why hikams, as far as the wisdoms, why Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned that to join a fast uh, to the 10th. Another reason obviously is because to oppose the mushriki, the, to oppose the Ahlul Kitab, to oppose the, to oppose the Yahud. Also, another reason why to fast another day is also just because at a ihtiyatan, at a precaution. Al-Khattabi mentioned that sometimes maybe a person might miscalculate, they have miscalculated the moon, the sighting the moon. So hence, if they fast for example today and the day after, they inshallah will get the reward of fasting the 10th if there was any miscalculation or anything like that. So, uh, as far as the takfir of sayyat, also, this, this month, this fasting the day of Ashura, this is uh, the, 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 the reward of fasting this day is that a person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, expiates a person's minor sins. Okay? So, minor sins, right, this is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does many a'mal. For example, fasting the month of Ramadan, standing up at Taraweeh, right? A person, isbaghul wudu al makarihi, making thorough wudu despite the difficulties. These different a'mal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses them to expiate a person's sins. You know, a person praying salah, one salah to another salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expiates a person's sins. All of these are considered minor sins, right? So, major sins, a person must do tawbah, right? Major sins are things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given a threat of a punishment for. Some have, some sahaba have listed out specifically what are the major sins. But generally, major sins a person must do tawbah for in order to have those sins forgiven. And a person must, if they wrong someone else, they have to ask forgiveness from that individual, not just asking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And uh, so, but a person, these are actions Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala experienced a person's minor sins. And remember, none of us know how many minor sins we have. Right? For, if you look at it, for example, how many of us waste food? Okay, we don't clean our plate. 
that grain of rice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can take someone to task on the, on the day of judgment for that. That one grain of rice, that you wasted that. Because so many people are hungry out there in the world. Right? That sip of water, I mean, subhanAllah, we have it so many, I don't know how you're in Dar es Salaam, but in my masjid, during Ramadan, people will drink water and just leave it behind. Right? Half empty, quarter empty, it, it's just wasting water. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can take task to someone for that. That's Israf. Right? But a person, uh, when they do different amal, uh, that Allah SWT mentioned specifically that there's takfirah, there's expiation of minor sins and inshallah Allah SWT will forgive their minor sins this is one of those um, uh, actions that a person should fast this day so that a person Allah, inshallah Allah SWT forgives them of their minor sins right? we never know when a person is going to die we don't know when we will die it's very important that we leave with a clean slate we leave with a clean slate one with our own sins and at the same time making sure we never hurt anyone else also make sure that's very important we never harm anyone else make sure we try to live our lives in such a manner that in that in our throughout our entire life no one can raise our no one can raise a finger at us and say that he actually hurt us or she hurt us right that's our ideal uh, example that we want to follow and that's how Nabi Sallallahu was right that's why you look at his, uh, the epitome of his humility at the time of death he said if I did wrong to anyone if anyone wants to take Rep, retribution or anything Then let them do it now Even though he's the prophet of Allah SWT, Who did he wrong But that was, this, that was the epitome of his humbleness right? And that was to ensure that we have We take into consideration You know the uh, the Make sure we don't harm anyone Whether it's our own children, wives, parents Husbands, whoever it may be Now Regarding about Um uh, Certain misconceptions about this day, also. Okay, this is also a very touchy topic. People don't like delving into it. I personally don't like delving into it, but certain just to 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 make sure these misconceptions are highlighted and that a person knows and is aware that they ourselves we don't we ourselves don't get involved in these actions, right? You look at it now. Look, there was many martyrs and shaheeds in our Islamic history, right? Umar was a shaheed. Uthman radiallahu anhu was a shaheed Uthman, uh, Ali radiallahu anhu was a shaheed Hamza radiallahu anhu was a shaheed They have so many shuhada But why is it that we focus on one shaheed And we don't focus on any other shuhada right? If it's such If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Had given us a command to actually Mourn and weep and lament And wail over the death of a shaheed Then it's basically every day Every day is some shaheed that died In our Islamic history Then no day would pass Except we are lamenting And wailing over the death Martyrdom of someone Right And you look at Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam whose, whose death was probably the most Traumatizing It was Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Passing away But no one You know Wails or laments over that Right because Nabi none of the Prophet, none of the Sahaba had given us any command to lament and wail over any of the Prophets that passed away or to take certain individuals and put them on such a high pedestal that we, you might think of them to be pure from anything. Nabi Sallallahu never highlighted or never mentioned any of that. Right? So the whole thing about people mourning excessively, hitting themselves. You know, certain group, there's two groups of people. One, basically, they go to one extreme that they will celebrate this day 
so much because they're happy that Sayyidina became a shaheed, he died, that they will buy new clothes, they will spend extravagantly, they will do all these different things, right? They're on one extreme end, we don't do that. Another extreme end, they la people, they, they're harming themselves, they're cutting themselves, uh, they're lamenting or, and wailing, whereas the Nabi Sallallahu had prohibited that a person should not mourn, and it was a, the act of jahiliyyah actually, that women, what they would do, people would hire women. That when someone passed away, they would hire women that were very good in this actually, in this uh, this job basically. That they would they would wail and lament, like they would be crying so loudly. They would be slapping their cheeks, tearing their clothes. Those are the acts actually we see now in this day and age. People are doing. Nabi Sallallahu forbade this, right? There should be no acts that are taking place like this for our own selves. Yes, do we mourn over the Hussein Radiyah becoming a shaheed, all of that? Yes, a person just says, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Right? It's not something that, we're, obviously we're sad about it, but we don't go to that extent where we basically, um, you know, take it to heart and are harming our own selves and mourning and wailing and doing all these different types of basically innovations that have come about. Right? Another some innovations also on this day, People have a habit of putting kuhl, okay? They say that these are, many of these are just fabricated narrations. That if a person put, puts kuhl on this day, then Allah SWT will protect him from all types of illnesses of the eye throughout the entire year. That's not true. That's not, that's not just fabricated. Another um, fabrication that this was the day that Adam Islam, Allah SWT, he made tawbah and Allah SWT accepted his tawbah. There's no narration regarding about the validity of that at all, right? This day is sacred, except we know that. But certain uh, narrations that are basically fabricated, these don't, these don't have any substantiation in our deen. Another thing people mentioned that this is a day where, if, if a person, this is a day where there's a special salah, meaning that ashura, a person is supposed to pray a, a certain type of special salah or make some special type of food. Again, there's no evidence or proof or a hadith that substantiate this at all. There's no special salah, okay? The Salat al-Khusuf and those uh, different types of Salahs which exist but as far as they have Ashura there isn't a special Salah which exists which a person is supposed to perform also a person it's mentioned that a person if they bathe this day then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will save them from all types of bodily sicknesses and illnesses throughout the entire year that's also fabricated there is no hadith or anything about uh, about this It's mentioned also that Ibrahim salam, This was the day Allah SWT saved him from the fire Near the tent, the Ashura Again, that's fabricated that There's no substantiation evidence for that this, this day has its virtues and values But it's necessary that we properly learn Those that are considered as misconceptions And that those which are considered fadail of this day Fasting is a fadila of this day The month of fasting excessively in this month is a fadila Right? Doing excessive a'mal this day is a fadila. All of that is there, right? But other things as far as excessively mourning, lamenting, doing these different innovations, that doesn't have any uh, substantiation in our deen. Uh, as far as also Ashura, one hadith which is mentioned, a person should do this, is that it's mentioned in the narration of Imam Bayhi in Shu'ab al-Iman, that man wasa'a ala ayalihi yawma ashura, wasa'a allahu alayhi sa'ira sanatihi. That whoever spends uh, extra basically they spend a, a bit more excessive on their family on this day meaning Ashura then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open like the risk and will expound and uh, 
the risk, risk for him for the rest of the entire year. So Sufyan ibn Uayna rahimahullah mentioned that I had practiced upon this hadith for 50 years and I saw the barakah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in my risk. Right? And uh, Abdullah Mubarak rahimahullah, he would also make amal upon this hadith. You have many different, although this, you have many different narrators that have mentioned this hadith which gave it some, uh, which gave it some, uh, basically some strength. So this is a fadilah that a person should do. Spend, ex you know, don't go completely extravagant, but spend more on your, our families tomorrow. Our children, maybe buy them a gift, you know, buy them good food, take them out, I know, wherever, you know, the different halal restaurants that you have here. Spend a bit more on them, right? Even when we were in Madrasa, Subhanallah, I remember in Azadville, that, uh, that day, there was special food that was made. I mean, they gave watermelon that day, they made butter chicken that day, and like some other food that was given. So the students would like be very happy that day, right? Otherwise, every other day is just like normal. So even like Madaris, they would do that, right? Just so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts barakah in their risk throughout the uh, entire year, right? So this is, uh, these are some things, the fadail and virtues and misconceptions regarding about this day. On an ending po a point, one thing to remember, right? We always focus on the sanctity and the sacredness and exoneration of the Kaaba, the Haram, Makkah, this, these months, etc. All of that. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned now, there's actually like whole chapters which are written on just the sanctity of Makkah Mukarramah, right? The Haram itself. Person is not supposed to cut, hunt in it, person is not supposed to cut down trees, right? And, uh, you know, all these different things. It's very sacred, sanctified. But at the same time, in Hajjatul Wida, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that same long khutbah which he gave. He said that the, this day has returned to basically the way how Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala created the heavens and the earth. He asked, okay, which day is, basically which uh, month is this? They said, Allah wa Rasulullah A'lam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger know best. So he said, this is Dhul Hijjah. He said, what is, the, what is the city? Right? They said, Allah, and, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger know best. So he said, this is the city of Makkah. And basically, what is the, 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 the date, the day also? They said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger know best. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was painting a picture in their mind, this different type of method of addressing them to show that just as how you exonerate and value and have respect for this sacred month, this sacred city, this sacred day. The blood, the a'rad, the, the, the dignity and the honor and the wealth of your Muslims is just as sacred as how much you honor these days, months, and this place. And that's something that we have to bring to our mind also. Just as we have to abstain from sins in this month, also just as how we might consider this month to be sacred, Right or Makkah Mukarramah to be sacred, the Haram, etc. All of that. Make, realize that the blood of another Muslim brother or sister, whoever it is, that is just as sacred. That is just as sacred. Their blood, their dignity. Shouldn't be backbiting about them. Shouldn't be hurting them. Shouldn't be slandering them. People make mistakes. Immediately apologize. Right. But that's something that a person fuqul ibad. We need to emphasize on that more. Also, just as we emphasize on the sacred and sanctity of this month. That needs to be emphasized also that a person um, realizes the sanctity of the a person's basically uh, the, the person's honor and dignity, the rights of our brothers and sisters in this month also. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq and understanding and give us the ability to fast and keep us away from all types of bidas and innovations. Uh, the brothers requested to stay because we will have our khatam for. Uh, the Quran also and I'll just, I'll just give some virtues behind this also first and foremost seeing that as Friday right a 
person should reside in abundance of durood. There's a book called Qawlul Badi' of Imam Sakhawi rahimahullah. He mentioned different fadail of durood, different stories and anecdotes as far as uh, people, what they have experienced by reciting excessive durood. Remember, durood is one thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no, uh, that is also one action which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just multiplies, right? Man salla alayhi wahidan sallallahu alayhi ashra. Whoever sends one salutation upon me, meaning Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that, a person sends ten, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends ten salutations upon him. Mullah Liqari wrote that that one mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends, that's enough to encompass the entire world that he sends on a human being. By just sending one salutation to, Allah, uh, to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Remember, durood is one action that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he himself is involved in. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is involved in sending durood to Nabi sallallahu alayhi When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the command to the malaika to prostrate to Adam alayhi salam. That was, some people consider that to be the biggest honor that a human being has gotten. But the big honor bigger than that is actually how Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam durood is being recited upon him by even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the malaika prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't partake in that action. Whereas in the malaika are partaking in this action of reciting durood, humans are uh, partaking in this action, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is partaking in this action of reciting, sending salutations upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam. Right? A person, whatever they want, Ajib has mentioned that a person, a hypocrite, right, they, they won't recite durood upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam. Why? Because they, they didn't like Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam. Why would they recite durood upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam? Right? Nabi sallallahu alayhi mentioned the most bakhil, gre- uh, greedy, and stingy person is the one that they hear my name and they don't even recite durood. When you look at Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam, the sacrifices he made for us, not, no mother or father would have made those same sacrifices. Right, that's why the whole purpose of reading Sirah, all of these books, you know, look, uh, reading Shabbat at Tirmidhi, know the sacrifice of what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made, then you have the, the, that love from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? If, if any of us were to if hear that someone said something wrong about Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how many of us does our bo- uh, blood boil, right? How many of us get angry at it? Whereas we might get angry at something else. So that shows that priority is wrong. A person should get angry when someone is talking ill or making accusations or anything about Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We should get upset, angry, but blood should boil, right? Obviously, we don't take extreme actions, but the person is supposed to get upset, right? Reciting excessive duru, the person that recites excessive duru upon Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is going to be the closest to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the day on, on, uh, in Jannah. Right, there's different a'mal that a person can gain closest with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. One of those is that a person recites excessive durood. Right? And this is something that a person should inculcate with their habits. A person that wants bala, that wants um, uh, trials and tribulations to be averted from them, recite durood in abundance. A person that wants to have good sihat and good health, recite durood in abundance. Right? A person that, that has different spiritual maladies and they're not able to cure those different maladies. Imam Zakari, uh, Sheikh Zakari Rahimah mentioned a person should recite excessive durood. Right, this is, there's a lot of fadail of reciting durood. A person should constantly be reciting durood. A person will see the benefit. We'll see the benefit in our own life, but also a person will see the benefit on the Day of Judgment also. Right? Now as far as the khatam of Qur'an, there's different a'mal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us that when we do those a'mal or we make dua at a certain time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts our dua. So I would, give, I would give this example. Right? When a person sends a resume, no, it's not a, not a resume, sorry. Um, they want to apply for a college, okay? Simply having good grades, a good SAT score, 
excelling academically is not sufficient enough generally for high standard colleges. They look at how well-rounded of a person that is. So they look at you, for example, okay, is he physically fit, right? Some places have physical fitness tests like Air Force Academy and these different places, but they look at, okay, was the person involved in sports after school? Which sports was he involved in, like annually or you know, seasonally? They look at, okay, was this person involved in different clubs, you know, debate club or whatever it could be? They look at it because the more well-rounded the person is, so this person, that the, more, the rate of acceptability in that college is increased. Versus a person that's just like a straight A student, like just, you know, introvert and just, uh, you know, just gets good grades on his SATs, whatever it may be. They want a well-rounded student. That increases the rate of acceptability to the college. Now you look at it for us also. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're going to finish, uh, I mean, the Khatam of Quran, right? 70,000 angels say Amin to the dua which is recited after the Quran is finished. 70,000 angels. That angels saying Amin. When is us saying Amin? When is angels that are pure, made of light, have no sin, them saying Amin to the dua which is made after uh, the Quran being finished? So, and Sahaba would, subhanAllah, the Sahaba would seek out. It's mentioned in the beginning of uh, in Tafsir Khurtubi. You mentioned that the Sahaba would seek out whenever a person is finishing the Quran. They would go and seek out the person so that they can join the dua, the person that finished the Quran, right? So on one thing you have, a person, after a person finishes the Quran, the dua is accepted. On top of that, you have, alhamdulillah, I'm assuming, inshallah, majority of us are fasting, right? And the dua of a fasting person before he breaks his fast, that's accepted also. Today is the blessed day of Jummah. This is a day where there is one sa'ah, one time wherein the du'as are accepted. And majority of ulama mentioned that that time which the du'a is accepted actually between Maghrib and uh, Asr. So you have three things. Fourth thing I would recommend is that if anyone has zamzam water, break your fast with zamzam water. Whatever du'a a person makes before drinking zamzam water, that is accepted. So what are you doing? What are we doing? We're, rating, we're increasing our rate of acceptability of our dua in front of in, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So this day, first of all, it's a blessed month. We're fasting. We're going to finish the Quran. It's a blessed day. person has zamzam water. Go get it and then, uh, you know, break your uh, fast with that, right? So it's a person should make whatever dua that they want, whatever hajat, whatever needs. A person should make dua for that after, you know, we, we have our khat, uh, when we make dua for them. Khatam of Quran, you know, and make dua for the, the entire ummah, right? Make toba also. This is very important. We don't want it to be such that we are also a cause of, of, of basically this calamity which has afflicted everyone, right? We don't know if maybe some of our a'mal are um, like they, they are affecting this calamity, they basically increasing it, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I have a sense, do a sincere tawbah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentioned to the ayyuhal mu'minun that to all the believers, they, do, they should do tawbah jami'an. That together do tawbah, right? And all the believers. We don't know what sin, like just as Musa alayhi salam, we know the story that because of that one person that was sinning, Musa alayhi salam's dua was not even accepted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withhold the rain from everyone to the so the grass was affected, the animals were affected, the humans were affected because of that person's sins. Right? So we don't know who, as far as why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this you know, pandemic upon us. Um, but a person should take ibrah from it also. 
right? This is something, take a lesson that we never know what type of trials Allah SWT will put us through. So when we have the opportunity, take the opportunity of doing good amal. If a person has the opportunity to learn deen, take it now. If a person has the opportunity of staying in the suhbah of scholars, take it now. SubhanAllah, I was, when I heard in Ramadan, three big scholars passed away. One of the great muhaddithin uh, in Dialam Dayuban also, he passed away, SubhanAllah, also, Mufi Sayyid Palapuri, Rahimullah. Three great scholars passed away, right? If we don't take advantage of our scholars, we don't take advantage of the deen which is being offered, that the programs which are being offered in this institute, or wherever it may be, then when are we going to do it? Let it not be such that the day comes where we're just completely shut off. I mean, people wanted to go to the masjid, they couldn't even go to the masjid. People were crying. People were crying, it was their habit, now they can't even enter the masjid. Before people, they, 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 no one realized that, that day where people won't be able to enter the masjid, right? Take Ibrah from this. Imam Hajar Rahimullah, he wrote a book, Badul Ma'un Fi Fadil Ta'un. Basically, the Fadail of a Ta'un. SubhanAllah, the reason why he wrote that book, he had four daughters. Two or three of his daughters passed away in a plague. Now, obviously, that's, that's traumatic, right? That's, that's very heart-stricken calamity. But what did he do? He actually wrote a book took lesson from that, he wrote a book of the fadail of the virtues of a ta'un, a plague. Right, so these things, these Allah subhanahu wa gives us, shows us to us, so take, take ibrah from it, take lesson, take heed from it. So, inshallah, uh, we'll start with uh, Okay, so we'll start with the dua, inshallah, uh, just give me like two minutes. Just finishing up actually my recitation. لا شريك له له الملك ولا الحمد ويحيي ويميت وعلى كل شيء قدير
اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن والعجز والكسل والبخل والجبن والضرع الدين وغلبة الرجال اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق فإنه لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عني واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من زوال نعمتك وتحول عافيتك وفجاء نقمتك وجميع سخطك اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من البرص والجذام والجنون ومن سيء الأسقام يا الرحمن الرحيم يا الغفور يا الغفار يا الله you are perfect and you are كريم يا الله you are noble you are most generous يا الله we are here gathered in this masjid يا الله at this blessed time يا الله in this blessed hour when du'as are accepted at this time when the Quran has been finished يا الله Ya Allah, here we, 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 we do iqrar and we admit to all of our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are not worthy of coming to the masjid, Ya Allah. You invited us to the masjid, you invited us to this program, you invited us to, you gave us the ability to fast, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have so many sins that we cannot, we, we, we complete, we, we cannot uh, expose them to anyone, Ya Allah. If anyone were to know about our sins, Ya Allah, then they would hate us and they would just look at us in a very uh, vilifying way, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please forgive us of, of all of our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you're a sattar, Ya Allah. You love to cover people's faults, you love to cover our faults, Ya Allah. Please cover our faults, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love pardoning us, Ya Allah. Please pardon us of our sins, Ya Allah. Please pardon us of our sins, Ya Allah. Cover our faults. Give us a tawfiq to do proper tawbat al-nasuha, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, every time we try to come closer to you, Ya Allah, shaitan and nafs takes us two steps back, Ya Allah. We go one step forward and shaitan takes us, takes us two steps back, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please give us a tawfiq to fight against our nafs, to fight against shaitan, to fight against the dunya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the ability to stay away from all types of sins throughout our entire life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please give us a tawfiq to do tawbah from major and minor sins, Ya Allah. The sins which we committed while we were, while we were alone in the night, Ya Allah, please forgive us of our of, of those sins, Ya Allah. The sins which we committed openly in the day. Alani, Ya Allah, please forgive us of those sins, Ya Allah. The sins which we did uh, to other individuals, Ya Allah. The sins, how we invited other people to sin also, Ya Allah. Please forgive us of those faults and mistakes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. You're Halim, Ya Allah. You love, you're very forbearing with us, Ya Allah. You, you don't like sending punishments upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, so please forgive us of all of our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq to do tawbah every single day of our lives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us away from all types of sins, Ya Allah. Give us the ability to become your, uh, your awliya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we love becoming friends of other, each other, Ya Allah. But we don't like becoming friends of you, Ya Allah. You make us grant us the type of status that we become from amongst our awliya siddiqeen, Ya Allah. Allah, your friends are very close with you, Ya Allah, and you take reprimandation on their behalf, Ya Allah. Give us the ability and the desire to become one of your friends, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please keep us away from all types of maladies from the heart, Ya Allah. Those, if we have any type of arrogance, Ya Allah, please remove it from our hearts. All the different types of greed which we have, Ya Allah, please remove it from our hearts. The type of hiqad, malice, and rancor that we might have for other individuals, for other family members or Muslim brothers and sisters, Ya Allah, please remove that from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please remove all types of hasad from our heart, Ya Allah. Please remove all types of suidhan from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, yawma la yanfa'u ma'alam wa la illa man atallah bi qalbin salim. That day, the person who has a clean heart, that's going to benefit him. 
name, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please grant us clean, pure hearts, Ya Allah. Grant us clean hearts, Ya Allah. Save us from all types of batil aqidas in our hearts. Save us from all types of spiritual maladies in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put the love of you and your beloved Prophet وسلم, in our hearts, Ya Allah. Inculcate your love and the love of your beloved Nabi inside our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our hearts belong to you, but we have made it belong to other people. We have made it belong to different idols. We have filled it with different types of uh, uh, asnam and different types of idols which we worship, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please make our hearts khalis and sincerely for you, Ya Allah. Make our hearts be solely attached with you. Put the love of you and the, put the love of the messenger inside our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, wherever this, this COVID which has been happening, Ya Allah, please remove this pandemic from the face of the earth, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please remove this pandemic from the face of the earth, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if we are a suburb of causing this, Ya Allah, please waken us up and give us the realization to do tawbah from our actions and increase in our amal so that we can remove this, this, this calamity also, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Please save us from all types of fitness that are about to come, Ya Allah. People are staying away from the masjid in this time, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, people's iman, or people are losing their iman. People are thinking about suicide. People are thinking about all these different things, Ya Allah. What will happen at the time of Dajjal, Ya Allah? Please keep us safe from all types of fitna. Grant us strong iman. Grant, us, uh, grant our youth and our children strong iman, Ya Allah. Please fill back the massages with the musallis, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please remove this calamity from us, Ya Allah. Give us the ability to take opportunity of our life that you have granted us. Give us the ability to spend our time properly the khidmat of deen and getting closest with you and getting closest with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya Allah Ya Allah please make us please make us amongst your pious and uh, ibadah salihin Ya Allah make us from our ulama rabbaniyin Ya Allah make our from our progeny ulama rabbaniyin Ya Allah Ya Allah grant us the proper ilm and more importantly give us a tawfiq to make amal upon that ilm Ya Allah don't let this ilm just become a hujja upon us Ya Allah but give us the ability to practice upon whatever we learn Ya Allah Ya Allah, please safeguard this entire madrasa, safeguard the city, Ya Allah, safeguard the students of knowledge that are studying in this, in this madrasa or wherever they may be, Ya Allah, safeguard the students of knowledge, Ya Allah, safeguard the ulama wherever they are, Ya Allah, you are taking them and picking them off one by one and keeping them with you, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, when there's no ulama, then there's the, it's just darkness, Ya Allah, the ulama are the stars and the guidance, stars of guidance, Ya Allah, they are lights of guidance, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, please preserve these ulama, Ya Allah, keep them on haq, Ya Allah, keep them away from batil, Ya Allah, and please, uh, please, in, uh, create more competent and uh, practical ulama ya Allah that are that are able to guide the entire ummah ya Allah Ya Allah, wherever there are poor Muslims that are being oppressed, Ya Allah, please forgive them and grant them sabr, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if those oppressors, if hidayah, grant them hidayah. If hidayah is not written for them, Ya Allah, then remove them from the face of the earth, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, wherever the Muslims are being oppressed, wherever they're, they're, they're going through famine, wherever there are widows, Ya Allah, wherever there are orphans, Ya Allah, please take care of them, Ya Allah. Use us to take care of them, Ya Allah. Give us the realization to take care of these widows and orphans, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, wherever there are Muslims that are in need and of food, Ya Allah, please give us the ability to feed them, Ya Allah. And the Muslims that are in Yemen, Ya Allah, that are suffering there, the Muslims in China that are suffering there, in Bangladesh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, India, Kashmir, wherever it may be in the world, Africa, Ya Allah, please grant them sabr, give us the ability to help those Muslims out, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant them a high status in Jannatul Fidos, Ya Allah, grant us a high status in Jannatul Fidos, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, obviously we have no actions which we deem that we could present to you on the day of judgment, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but you are, you're, you're so noble and generous, Ya Allah. You love giving to us, you love it when we ask from you, Ya Allah. You feel shy when we raise our hands to you in dua and you return it empty-handed. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, so we ask of you that please give us the ability 
Grant us Jannah or Fidos, Ya Allah. Grant us the ma'iyah, the, 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 the companionship of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the Day of Judgment and, and, on, and especially in Jannah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please, Allahumma hasibina hisaban yasira, Ya Allah. Please don't take, us, don't take us to task with a strict reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us an easy hisab, an easy reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're like handicapped children, Ya Allah. When a mother, she has different children and one child is handicapped, Ya Allah. Her special mercies upon that handicapped child, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are not, we're not near your Prophet We're not near the Sahaba and Tabi'in, Taba Tabi'in. It is so hard to follow deen in this time, Ya Allah. It is like holding on to a hot coal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please shower us and bless us with your special mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, this is the time when people are waking up as Muslims and becoming murtad in the evening, Ya Allah. This is the time when people, doesn't matter how pious a person may be, they're getting involved in sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, this is a time of fitna, Ya Allah. Keep us safe from all types, all these type, different types of fitnas, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please protect the Haramain Sharifin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect him from all evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the madaris which the work of ilm is taking place, please accept that work, Ya Allah. Safeguard these madaris, Ya Allah. All the zawiyas and the khankas where the, the work of tazkiyah and the soul takes place, Ya Allah. Please safeguard these, these, these zawiyas and the khankas, Ya Allah. All the places where the maraqi, the jamaat, the work of tabliq and da'wah takes place, Ya Allah. Safeguard these maraqis, Ya Allah. And preserve them and accept all the efforts which they're making. Wherever there is someone that is striving in your path, any mujahid, any fighter, or anyone that is striving to gain closest with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please accept their efforts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let their efforts shine, Ya Allah. Grant us ikhlas and sincerity, Ya Allah. Safeguard our youth, Ya Allah. Safeguard our children. Please grant proper deen in our lives of our children, Ya Allah. Save them from all types of fitnas and fasad in their entire lives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those of us that are not married, Ya Allah, please grant us po proper righteous spouses, Ya Allah. Those of us that are married and they don't have any children, Ya Allah, please grant us proper righteous children. Ya Allah, those of us that have children, Ya Allah, please make them the Qurratul Ayn. Ya Allah, please make them the coolness of our eyes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put love between back in the families, Ya Allah. Create those type of relations that used to exist at the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam between him and his wives, between Aisha radiallahu anha and his different azwaj al tahirat ya, ya Allah, Ya Allah, please put that ulfa, that love back in the family, back in the between spouses, Ya Allah. Spouses are fighting, Ya Allah, and shaitan is getting happy over these divorces, and shaitan is getting uh, happy over breaking society through breaking families, Ya Allah. Please keep our families together, Ya Allah. Create that ulfa, that love, and that mahabba, the compassion between families, between children. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, children are neglecting deen, Ya Allah, they're becoming very rebellious against his parents. Ya Allah, please make them obedient to their parents. Give us the right to give us the ability to fulfill the rights of our children and give them the ability to fulfill the rights of the parents, Ya Allah. Give us the ability to fulfill the hukuq of, of uh, each other, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make sure that we fulfill the rights of everyone, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make sure we fulfill our rights to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us punctual in our salah. Make us punctual in praying salah ibad jama'ah in jama'ah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from ever uh, from all types of laziness. Save us from ever becoming incapacitated, Ya Allah. Save us from this type of co uh, these different types of viruses. Save us from all uh, from COVID, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us our family ones and our beloved ones. Save us, save the entire ummah from these different types of uh, viruses, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, and if, if anyone is afflicted with any type of sickness, Ya Allah, please grant them sabr, Ya Allah. Grant them the maqam. Of, uh, of being a shaheed, Ya Allah. As Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that a person that dies in a ta'awun in a plague, that he dies as a shaheed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the realization of this, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, safeguard us, safeguard our eyes, Ya Allah. Whatever sins we committed from our eyes, Ya Allah, please forgive us of those sins. Please give us the topic to safeguard our eyes and lower our gazes from 
from anything haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever sins we committed with our ears, Ya Allah, please forgive us of those sins. Keep our ears safe from all types of sins. Make our ears be listening to the Quran and talks, uh, the dini talks and, the, and, 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 and uh, things which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from, uh, forgive us for all the mistakes and sins which you committed with our tongue, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please give us the ability to use our tongue properly. So many people have been hurt with our tongues, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please give us the ability to forgive us of, uh, of, of misusing our tongues. Ya Allah, our tongue is sharper than a sword, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please uh, forgive us for misusing our tongues and give us the ability to use our tongue in that which pleases you by making people happy, reciting the Quran, reciting durood, doing adhkar. Any sins which you committed with our stomach, with our farj, our private parts, our hands, or our feet, Ya Allah, Please forgive us of those sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, safeguard all of our limbs from all different types of sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the ability to come to the masjid often, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we don't know when this ni'mah and bounty will be taken away from us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please grant us mouth with the iman, Ya Allah. Grant us death with iman. Give us the ability to recite the kalima at the time of death. Give us the ability to say, La ilaha illallah, when our uh, time uh, arrives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a righteous life throughout our entire lives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have no idea what is stored for us in our later, in our latter portions of our lives, Ya Allah. But just please make sure that we have steadfastness in our deen. Grant us istiqamah in our deen. Grant our youth and family istiqamah in deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please grant hidayah to the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those of us, the, the, those people which are, are, are sharabi, kababi, Ya Allah, they are, they're, they're addicted to alcohol, Ya Allah, they don't come for salah, Ya Allah. <coughs> Please give them the ability to come for salah, Ya Allah, and be punctual in salah. Give them the ability to do tawbah from their sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us a means. Accept us for the khidmat of deen. Make us a means for guidance for other individuals, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please give us the tawfiq to be ittiba'i sunnah, Ya Allah. Give us the ability to follow all the sunnahs of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, when a child breaks a... A, a expensive dinner plate, Ya Allah, we will get upset. But when our child breaks a sunnah, we don't get upset, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please give us the ability to follow all the sunnahs of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Grant us the type of akhlaq that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had, Ya Allah. Grant us the type of humility and tawadu that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had. Grant us the type of hilm and forbearance that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had, Ya Allah. Grant us the ru'ya of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in our dreams, Ya Allah. We are not worth it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but you can do anything. Your Qadir, Ya Allah. Your omnipotent, Ya Allah. You can do whatever you want, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please grant us that, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, surely you like someone's ameen here in this majalis, in this gathering, or someone's ameen that is listening to this online. Ya Allah, through the barakah of their ameen, please accept all of our du'as, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please accept all of our du'as, Ya Allah. Ya Allah. Inshallah, the, everyone can make uh, dua individually for 5-10 minutes and then we'll, I'll conclude inshallah after. So everyone can make their personal duas for 5 minutes and I'll conclude inshallah.